0: This is Alumni Allowed, a podcast by Graduate Center students for Graduate Center students. In each episode, we talk with a GC graduate about their career path, the ins and outs of their current position, and the career advice they have for students. This series is sponsored by the Graduate Center's Office of Career Planning and Professional a Ph.D. Candidate in Educational Psychology at the Graduate Center. I work in our Office of Career Planning and Professional Development, and I interviewed Dr. Astrid Rodriguez, who currently works at NYU managing the implementation of student success initiatives in enrollment management. I'm talking with Astrid Rodriguez today, who graduated from our educational psychology PhD program at the Graduate Center. And she's going to be speaking with us about her work experience while in graduate school and then how she moved on and began her career in higher education administration. And she's also done a little bit of consulting and she can talk about how all of that has kind of been part of her journey. So hi Astrid, thank you for doing the interview today. Hi, Abby. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So tell us about, if you've got professional experience in graduate school, maybe give us a little overview of that. And then what did you do when you left the Graduate Center for work? Of course. Uh, so, you know, early on while
1: I was pursuing my graduate studies, I worked at the Brooklyn Navy Yard Development Corporation. Some of you may know of that the Navy Yard is an industrial park located in Brooklyn, and it housed over 300 companies at the time. I was an IT administrator, and my task was to develop and implement our first fully integrated information system. And during that time, I also worked at the Graduate Center through service-based fellowships. So I was within the Department of Educational Psychology, and I, was, I assisted with any recruitment and admissions-related processes, and I served in uh, various uh, full-ranked faculty search committees. And I also worked for the Center for Latin American, Caribbean, and Latina Studies, do- doing research related to socioeconomic and demographic changes in New York City. And so I'm very fond of those experiences. And special thanks to Rhonda Pallant and Lair bergad if they listen to this podcast. Uh, and you know the knowledge I developed through all those experiences. I team and Navar developing databases, the research uh, combined with the schoolwork, the experiences with. Uh, uh, with admissions and uh, recruitment with Rhonda and Larry Bourget at the Center for uh, Latin American, Caribbean, and Latino Studies, really allowed me to have an opportunity to join uh, Baruch College as an analyst before finishing my degree. You know, I was really looking forward to joining the professoriate after completing my studies. And I thought that it would be terrific to work at a college and gain a deeper understanding of their culture and their operations. And so I was thrilled to have joined Baruch at the
0: time. and in some way, give back to CUNY. So you continued with Baruch after you've got the doctorate, correct? Correct. Correct. You know, soon
1: after I finished graduate school, I began searching and applying for tenure track teaching positions, but opportunities were very limited. And so I decided to broaden my scope, if you will, and also look for administrative opportunities in higher ed as well. And it wasn't long after I graduated that I was offered the opportunity to lead enrollment management efforts at Baruch College. And so I was happy to do so.
0: Okay. So, and that's kind of been your biggest uh, admin role, this enrollment management. So, can you explain to us what that entails? Because some people might not even know that this exists. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, the truth is, I didn't know it existed right, until I right. was in. Yeah, in a sentence,
1: if I had to put it in a sentence. Enrollment management is truly all the strategic efforts that an institution does in the areas of recruitment and retention that are connected to the institution's mission and strategic plan, given whatever resources they have and the environment. And that includes recruitment, financial aid, registration and records, your bursar office, your support services, your academic areas. Uh, many of the areas of the university if you can imagine really impact student uh, persistence and and hence the strategic efforts are what's called enrollment management.
0: Um, And this will be something that will exist in all colleges across the country?
1: Yes that is correct
0: and if you if you were to
1: assess uh, the different organizational structures of colleges across the Uh, United States, for instance, we have approximately 5,000 colleges, universities, you will see that many of them have enrollment management. However, many of them call it uh, student affairs, student success. So it could be uh, enrollment services or student development. It could be a mix of of titles, but the essence of the work uh, Mm -hmm.
0: is the same. Got it. Those sound familiar as well. Yeah. Okay. So what kinds of professional experiences you said, I know you were working at Baruch while you were in graduate school and doing the dissertation, I assume you were first an analyst, correct? At Baruch? Yes. Okay. And how did that experience contribute to your, like your professional skills or, you know, how did, what did you gain from your initial employment at Baruch that you you're still using today? Well truly
1: having that quantitative that those skills in the quantitative area and the ability to really be able to analyze and interpret data it's really fundamental to the work of an enrollment manager and, and that was really core to the work that I did uh, 10 years ago 15 years ago and the work that I did today really understanding patterns
0: so what was your? kind of progression through the ranks like? Did you apply for it? Were you recommended for it? How did that work?
1: Yes, like any other position that I've held uh, over the past 15 years, it's really a cold application. Uh, So yes, I had to submit my my letter of interest and my CV like every other candidate for the position and interviewed and competed with other candidates for the position.
0: Okay. Uh, Well, being an analyst, were you in the same department? Is that right?
1: Yes, I was in the same department.
0: Okay. So So being an analyst, you knew that this was something you really liked and you wanted to go for the next level.
1: Correct. You know, it's interesting because as I was, you know, while being an analyst at Barrow College, I learned about the impact that an administrator has in the student's life. Mm -hmm. you know and then which is what drove me to want to be a professor in the first place I am very passionate about education and about inspiring others to you know pursue education and and succeed and I found that as an administrator I can I can do just that while being an analyst and so when the position for director of enrollment management opened up at Peru College I was really eager to apply because I knew that in that position, I can truly make an impact on the lives of the students that we served.
0: And let's see. So Let's talk about what your typical day is like. Do you have a typical day? Is it more of like a typical week? Um, what are some of the tasks you have to get done? What are the meetings like? Kind of like the logistics of being in higher education administration.
1: Well, I would say that there is really uh, no typical day. Although I usually start my morning, my Monday mornings, looking at what is that I need to accomplish for the week make a list of all the things that I want to do, and then prioritize those lists. And once that's done, a typical week is really having communications and meetings with different partners and uh, and collaborating with others about how to get the work done. So it's facilitating uh, the communication among different offices and staff members to really deliver what's important for the week.
0: Now, can you explain a little bit more detail about what did it like? What kinds of tasks would you be completing throughout the week, and um, like, what are what do your big projects look like as an administrator? Well, I wanted to, you know,
1: in general, if I were to think about my experiences in enrollment management and what is it that I do. I will characterize it as being a thought partner to executive leadership and really mm-hmm. providing that subject matter expertise and sort of a consultative leadership for the planning, guiding and evaluating initiatives, business processes and policies. For example, uh, my various roles, I've developed long range enrollment goals aligned with overall budget goals for the university. Uh, revised admissions models for for recruitment purposes and admissions purposes, planned and implemented uh, financial aid strategies, and conducted analytics and enrollment-related research to support academic advisement, marketing and communications, and retention efforts. And I also serve on critical committees, including executive searches, for instance, as well as middle-stage accreditation. So it it is a little bit of a very tactical, detailed work, but also a more of a big picture, strategic conversation with partners across the university.
0: Okay, and now hearing about those uh, specific kinds of projects that you work on, what kind of people might be attracted to this work? It sounds like I'm hearing a lot of uh, repetition of analytical skills, which... Fortunately, a lot of PhD uh, students have this, but can you think of something else that might attract a student to this kind of work?
1: Oh, certainly, you know, in my experience, I would say that there are many competencies and proficiencies that are required to excel as a practitioner in the area. For example, the ability to identify opportunities for change to allow for greater efficiencies, along with the ability to recommend and design, as well as implement and assess the changes that you're making is important. Being able to collaborate with others in decision making and be mature and understanding that your preferred course of action may not, all, may not always be uh, pursued. Uh, being able to design, analyze, and interpret data, as you mentioned, as well as adapting your approach when communicating the results to different audiences is very helpful. But if I had to name these top three skills You'll be surprised, they're very general skills and skills that apply to multiple jobs. And those are excellent critical thinking, analytic and problem solving skills. But equally important is having that continued desire to learn and be proactive about seeking opportunities for professional development. We are all lifelong learners and I, you know, having that uh, the PhD in educational psychology has been tremendous uh, for my career. But I also need to realize how equally important and beneficial has been the opportunities
0: that I've sought after I graduated to develop further develop the skills. Okay. And um, while you were explaining that, I was thinking about what you might say about what your dissertation brought to your, maybe your appeal as an applicant for this position.
1: Oh, that's a wonderful yeah. question, and <laughs> the truth is that I, I think my dissertation per se has no bearing on the, <laughs> opportunities, yes, on the opportunities that I have uh, sought or the uh, positions that I've been so honored to have. My dissertation was on the infants um, of bilingual text. On reading comprehension, and so the way I see it, it was really a a wonderful exercise in in, for all those skills—the skills of uh, critical thinking and research and problem solving—as I went about reaching out to different schools, trying to get. Uh, participants for my research, being able to synthesize all of the literature out there to do my literature review, being able to uh, conduct the research day in, day out, collect those results, analyze the results, make sense of the results in in, in a critical way, and put that into words in a way that a, a vast audience will be able to understand what I was trying to do without them having to have that knowledge of of the main construct, because they were well-defined in, in the reading. And I think all those skills are transferable skills, but I've never continued the research on bilingual education or text in my day-to-day job.
0: So the dissertation was really a project on which you could display all of your abilities and skills and how to execute a a large project, ongoing project? Well, I think it is started
1: because it was my passion. I was mm-hmm. I'm very passionate about bilingual education. And that was my focus at the time. And what you just mentioned is what I realized now, years mm-hmm. after, mm-hmm. I was able to walk away with. I walked away um, and and realizing all those skills that I learned during the
0: process. Right, and so that's even more reason for current students to maybe get through this district. <laughs> I'm thinking about my own experience. <laughs> <and> how i <I'm laughs> no, be yeah, done with maybe. it already. <laughs> no, I,
1: you know, it's interesting because oftentimes I, I've, I've been talking with students, and they're so concerned about the subject matter that, the, or their major, or their dissertation topic. And and I tell them, you know, take it a semester at a time, make it as simple as possible, focus and concentrate. At the end of the day, you're gaining tremendous skill beyond the subject matter that you're researching.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I think you just gave a ton of great advice <laughs> right there. Okay. And what about some opportunities that maybe you participated in? During graduate school that contributed to some of your professional skills that you use or and actually you have a lot of Data analysis skills. I wondered if you could give us some information about how you built those because they are becoming more and more valuable for PhD students
1: Yes and That that is a great question. I often find and and my advice to students has always been you know follow your passion but always try to gain skills that are hard skills, technical skills, Uh, something that more and more employers want, which is this quantitative reasoning aspect Mm and analytics. I was very fortunate and actually very intentional. When I was doing my PhD, I made sure that every semester, I would at least enroll for one course in the quantitative area, whether it was Research, statistics, um, you know, how to code using R, how to do HLM analysis. I've always made sure that, that I signed up for them uh, within the corn area. So I strongly recommend it. And it was those skills that allowed me to have a successful fellowship with the Center for Latin American and Caribbean Studies and do the research that required those skills. And it was those skills that really allowed me to be able to be a successful applicant as an analyst at Barrow College and being a successful practitioner as I looked at by the patterns and analyzed the data on, on academic outcomes and student behavior and recruitment, et cetera, within enrollment management. So, and until today, I still use my, you know, I'm always doing some sort of math or statistical work it never goes away it's been been a tremendous help for my career
0: so on that note uh, what kind of programs are you using what kind of analyses are you doing are you using SPSS what's what's pretty typical in higher ed right now
1: that's a great question
0: it depends on
1: the area you you know SPSS still a major tool to use for statistical analysis but more often we have vendors coming out of the market with uh, tools that help uh, end users facilitate some of the analysis. And the, for example, Tableau. Tableau would be, uh, will give you a platform for data visualization. Mm-hmm. And what I find uh, most often, it's the use of random forest as an alternative to your typical a logistic regression if you will if, you, if we're going to be more nuanced about actual analysis
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's always good to understand different programs but nowadays even in excel you can do some pretty advanced uh, analysis using advanced functions it's interesting because when i'm mentoring young analysts i tell them it's not so much what program you know to, you know to work with it's more of are you able to
0: ask help in a way that the program will understand you. That's great advice. So I know that you have a lot of experience as a consultant uh, here and there, even though you've you've been fully employed by universities. Um, So can you compare what it's like working as a consultant? Because this is something that a lot of PhD graduates will be qualified to do. So what's it like doing that versus being a full-time employee? The
1: work is fundamentally the same, whether you're working as an employee or a consultant. As a consultant, however, you often have a specific project or a charge with a fixed deadline, and another benefit of being a consultant is having a more flexible schedule. However, that is not to be confused with more free time. Many people think, oh, being a consultant is wonderful, I'm home, feet up, and no, no, no. <laughs> or, or that is really different, and it's really not that different if you are in the same field, but as have consultant and work in the same field, which is why perhaps the work has been fundamentally the same. If you would want to compare whether being a university employee would be better than a consultant or vice versa, I have found that they're both equally rewarding and they're really not quite of an advantage one over the other. You could always weigh your pros and cons. For instance, as a consultant, you are having to pay for your own health insurance, no 401k, no annually for sick leave. As an employee, you have those employee benefits. So it's really of uh, a trade-off, but they're both uh, positive experiences.
0: Great. Okay. Um, and, and if you are interested in doing some consulting for a university, because that might be a, also a good way in, right? Um, how do you look for those kinds of opportunities? Yeah, it's very
1: interesting. My experience has been, as time permits, you know, I consult matters related to enrollment management, so it's related to my field, and usually they're very uh, short-term consulting jobs. Now, I'm currently at New York University. They were looking for a consultant to really oversee their student success initiatives. In particular, they were looking for someone who had experience with student business functions, including admissions, registration, student services, as well as project management. And as someone that had the required experiences, when I saw the uh, posting, I decided to reach out and ask for a conversation. And so it was really, truly, in a sense, very similar to what others would consider a normal job search process. The posting, there was a need, the posting went out, I reached out, we had a conversation, and ultimately was awarded the contract. Okay, good to know. And so You could also look for search firms. And they often have their own consultant uh, area within the search firms, uh, Rufa-Lanoa Levitt and others, for instance, within the area that you're interested in, whether it's the tech industry or higher ed, uh, and then ask to join their team. And that, that, that way you don't have to knock on doors per se to get a consulting job, but you would be allocated to a client through that main consulting firm. Oh, okay.
0: Um, Have you used a firm before? Yes, I have. Oh, great. Okay. So I also see on your resume that you sent me that you've got additional certificates after the PhD. Now, what was the motivation behind those? What have they added? Was it something that was expected in your position? No, certainly. There are people who say
1: follow your passion, and there are others who say don't follow the passion, and that you often leads nowhere. But the truth of the matter is that. My passion has been higher education and student success. And as you know, as more I practice in the field, the more I understood that in order to be able to follow my passion, I had to understand what it required and develop the skills that would enable me to be successful. And so that passion can translate into reality. And that can take many forms. You could take a course in a subject matter. You can do an internship or a mentorship. You can pursue a job that would help you develop some of the skills or enhance specific skills. A passion is important to sustain action. And that's why after I finished the PhD, I decided to look into other areas, for instance, leadership development. And I completed that certificate in uh, higher education leadership with the Hispanic Association of College Universities, also known as HACU as well as a leadership in enrollment management with the University of Southern California. And the latest certificate that I completed was a certificate of project management via the Project Management Institute, also known as PMI. And so I would say every couple of years or so, since I graduated in 2010, I have been certificates to my portfolio uh, just to help me further develop those skills that will help me do my job more efficiently.
0: Nice. And also with the theme of you are a lifetime learner, right? Lifelong learner. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I I love to read. I love to write. I love to learn.
1: It never gets old. I think, you know, it's really what drives innovation and uh, it's always good to learn new things and try new things.
0: Great. Okay. Well, is there anything you wanted to add? Do you have any advice for our students?
1: Definitely. Uh, again, I cannot stress it enough. Uh, you know, Think about your ideal job. Understand what are the prerequisites to be successful at the job and seek the experiences that would allow you to develop that knowledge and those skills are required for you to be successful. Never think for a second that completing a PhD, it, it's the end of it all. Always try to enhance your skills and 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 really pursue your passion. And as, as I said before, try to get some understanding and develop skills in, in, in technical work. And, and data analytics is, is certainly at the top of my list.
0: Okay, we can wrap up. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do the interview. And we've gotten a lot of great advice from you. Thanks so much. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Astrid for talking with us about her career at Higher Ed Admin. If you want to check out possible career options for yourself, you can make an appointment with our office by going to our website at cuny.is slash careerplan. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CareerPlanGC. Thanks for listening.